It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 497 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. This week is a special episode because it's the return of Ron Randall from Trekker. And he's got an already successful Kickstarter going on for the latest edition called Reckoning on Rigel. This project is going to be funded on Thursday, August 5 at 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And it's described this way. It's a 112-page graphic novel thriller of deep space deception, sabotage, and betrayal featuring sci-fi bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair. We talk about Ron and how he runs such successful campaigns and also continues to have a thriving franchise in Trekker. We talk about what could be coming from Mercy in the future as well as the franchise. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode. So let's get on with the show. It's always a pleasure to talk with Ron Randall, the creator of Trekker, who has another successful Trekker Kickstarter campaign going. This one's for Reckoning on Rigel. How are you doing, Ron? I'm doing great, Wayne. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always good to talk with you, and I, I, and of course, I've already backed uh, Trekker Reckoning on Rigel. <laughs> and uh, your goal was $25,000, which, of course, you shot right past. How long did it take to, to pass the 25000 this time? Uh, it, it was it was less than six hours from the from the launch of the campaign. Um, it was just kind of mind blowing for me. Uh, I hit the launch button and I could just it was like this blizzard of <laughs> of backers uh, that came in to support. It was incredibly gratifying, a real thrill, you know. You can sign up ahead of time, which is I think a great thing that helps. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that's some. Um, that's something that uh, I only discovered that with my, this is like my sixth campaign. And uh, I just discovered that, or maybe I'm sure somebody mentioned it to me or whatever, but um, a couple of campaigns ago that once you've got, uh, if you're, if you're doing a Kickstarter, like I am, you build the campaign. And uh, once you've uh, put it all together and put all the information, you submit it to the, um, to Kickstarter. And they, they once, once they've approved it and say, yes, you, you can run this campaign. Once you've done that, then you can generate a, a, a link that will take pe- people to like just a preview image of the of what the campaign is going to be, uh, and a little button that says "Notify me on launch." And that way, um, if they click that, then as soon as I do make the campaign go live, uh, they get a notification in their in their inbox, and they can jump in and back it right away. Um, it's 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 good for people who might be like me sometimes a little bit <laughs> absent-minded <laughs> or you know at least can be forgetful and I can maybe there's a campaign somebody's doing a book that I'm really excited about getting but you know I my life gets really busy and that's true for most of us mm-hmm. and it's just easy to let things slip by even if it's you know something I really really want to support and want to get 
So this is the way you can sign up. And once you sign up, they don't need to worry about it. You know, you're going to get an email that says it's live now. Um, so it's good for that reason. And it's terrific for the, for the Kickstarter creator because, um, as I understand it, the way this, the way this, uh, this thing is set up, um, if, if people rush into back a campaign, like on that first day, that's absolutely crucial because, um, Kickstarter, the, the company, I guess their algorithms, recognize that and if they say oh this campaign is launching very strongly they're more inclined to you know put a bit more of a spotlight on it to 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 bump up its visibility on on the the site i don't know how all this works (laughs) but this is the impression that i have so it's it's good for that reason and um and you know people just uh just get excited when they see a a lot of people going to see something what's going on over there maybe i should check that out Mm -hmm. so yeah it's worked out well I have to tell you something funny. I always sign up for those things. Uh-huh. What, what always happens to me, and I desperately want to be the first one. <laughs> you know, I've only made it once, and I have backed about. Let me let me see how many I have done. I think I've done like four hundred and fifty of these. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and only once have I ever been first. And the guy actually the told me, <laughs> "Yeah." And the, the 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 guy told me, "You're the first one." I said, "Finally!" <laughs> you know how many times I've been trying to be the first one on all these different camps, <laughs> and I yeah, finally I, I, made it. <laughs> well, congratulations! I've had some uh, I had some people uh, getting a hold of me after the launch, and they said, "How did thirty people get in before me?" Yeah. I, said, I thought it was I thought for sure it was it was right there, and I guess probably what it is. My guess is that that email you know goes out the notification email goes out to backers, but it probably just arrives in some people's inbox a little bit earlier than it does into other people's inbox yeah. because of whatever is going on in the internet. I don't understand how this works, well, but I'm assuming that not everybody gets it at the exact same split second, yeah, but, see, but I don't know. See, I do Kickstarter through AOL. I have an AOL email account, which I've had forever. Uh-huh. And the, the bad news about AOL is they tend to dribble their emails out much later than, say, like I, I have a Gmail account for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And the Gmail stuff hits me almost instantly. The AOL oh, okay. could be hours later, and suddenly I get an email saying, whoop, it's here, and I want, rats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I go rushing into there, and, I, and I'm and i always late. I'm always not the first. So I, I <laughs> that's because it's AOL. And, and, you know, as much, and I'm not about to give up AOL, though, because I've had them for years and years. And mm-hmm. I, I really like it. But the bad news is I'm never going to be first. <laughs> <laughs> But that one time I managed to do it, and I, the guy yep, told me, yep, you were yep. first. I said, oh, yes. You got your moment of glory. That's right. For once, <laughs> for once out of 450 plus, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually the first one. So, so does it tell you which gets first? I guess I guess this guy knew, so it must be. Yeah. They, um, um, on the, the There's a dashboard for the campaign, and it lists you know, each, each backer when they come in and you know, what, they've, what they've pledged for. It's important for us, you know, for us, the people running these campaigns, mm-hmm. to to um, to see that stuff. It can be very useful. It's most important so that we can reach out to backers if if we have a question for them, or even more importantly, if they have a question for for me, mm-hmm. they can contact me. Oh, say if I if I wanted to do this adjustment to my pledge, how can we make that work out? And mm-hmm. we always find either it's something that's already built into the campaign that they hadn't been able to you know figure out or it's something that between the two of us we can individually come up with some sort of a workaround to make it happen i you know i'm um i'm very aware that as 
I, I feel that Kickstarter is, is a pretty good platform. It mostly it works pretty smoothly. It's pretty user friendly, pretty easy to follow. But there are little, you know, little glitches, little hiccups that can happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm, a, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that, and I know how frustrating that can be and nerve wracking it can be. <laughs> so I really try to be in good communication when somebody backs my campaign and they have some question or problem or whatever. Um, if they message me, I try to get back to them as quick as I can with the best information I can to get that solved. So, yeah, having that, being aware of who's coming and backing and what, it, it's, it, it's important for that for that uh, support level. <laughs> Tech support, I guess, is what I'm looking for. Which is great, uh, you know, because uh, by now you're getting to be an expert at this good stuff. And <laughs> it's, it's uh, you said this was the sixth one? or Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Uh, I've done four campaigns before this for um, trade paperbacks, and this new book, Reckoning and Rigel, is another trade paperback, meaning a brand new um, story of, uh, of Mercy St. Clair, my, my bounty hunter, science fiction bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I also did uh, another campaign for uh, a big hardcover collection um, because before I was doing the stories here on Kickstarter and self-publishing them, I had done a lot of early Trekker stories in years gone by, some of which had come out from Dark Horse in black and white many, many moons ago, mm-hmm. and others that were done more recently, but they were all published through Dark Horse and one through Image. They were all way out of print, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was important to me that, that if somebody just is discovering Trekker right now, they can go back and get all those earlier stories. Mm-hmm. So, um, And the most sensible way to get everything back into print at once would be in one big collection, So, hence the hardcover. Um, and so now that's uh, all those stories are back in print. I have a lot of copies of those books that are uh, that I can uh, use as extra. If you back the new campaign and you want to get all the other Trekker books, you can pledge at a level and get the whole the Trekker library. I call it. So, um, so yeah, there's, uh, we're six campaigns in and uh, six and counting. I guess I'd say. <laughs> wow, that's good because if I remember that campaign correctly, I was the one cheering for the ribbon. Uh, yes, yeah. There were some people really like some of those um, those extra uh, enhancements, I guess mm-hmm. they called. Mm-hmm. And the, the the ribbon bookmark in that book was really, really. There were people who were very emotional about that, <laughs> <laughs> which and it, it turned out really, really well. I was I was very pleased with it. So uh, so that was great. <laughs> I have all my books all collected in one spot. So if I'm in the mood, great. I can. Yeah. Go. And one of the great things you did, and I, I I wanted to commend you on that. I always struggled to know what order things were, and you put out a, a double page spread that mm-hmm. tells us what order things come in. So I now when I sit down, I I know where I'm going. So I love Good. That. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I I I cribbed that from um uh from from like uh, paperback series. I would read a lot of science fiction books and stuff that would come out as a series of trade paper of trade of not trade paperbacks, but just paperback books. And uh, on one of the, you know, very front pages, of the uh, very beginning pages at the front of the books, they would have a list of, you know, other books in the such and such, ser- the Doc Savage series or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they would just have all the titles listed, you know, one after another. Um, so I decided to, to do that rather than having all the books numbered, mm-hmm. um, which which is the most user-friendly way for for readers because it's number this number seven in the series or whatever Mm -hmm. but um when i was doing it at dark horse back in the day they were resistant to that because Mm -hmm. they thought well if if you say this is the third book people aren't gonna buy it you know right (laughs) if they don't have the first two already 
So, so we started the convention of not numbering the books, mm-hmm. and I kind of went along with it and sort of agreed with it, but you know, I wasn't exactly super comfortable with it. But mm-hmm. since that precedent had been started, I just continued that convention with, uh, with the books I do now. So the way that I can get people to know the reading order is to list it in every book. Yeah, that's a good idea. And of course, if you buy the most recent one, you know this is the, the, the latest one. Which right, and in, and again, inside the front cover, it will list all the previous books and the order to read them in. <laughs> if you yeah. want, if you want to do that, you know, if you want to be that linear, you know, from point A to B, point B to C. Yeah. Well, I did that. I I actually before the print ones, I think I bought there were digital versions of. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I got those, and what I did was I I actually sat down at one point and started at the very beginning and read through the whole thing, and I I, I got a much better understanding. Personally, about what was happening as things went forward, so I was like, I like that. I, I I'm going to make sure I hang on to this piece of paper because I really like that. <laughs> That's great. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I as as when we've talked before, I'm sure I've mentioned. I it's super important to me. One of the reasons that I really like using Kickstarter is um, rather than doing just you know like 22 page you know floppy books, I, I'm putting out a more substantial story. It's you know the the books are 120 or so pages long, which means there's usually one first lead story. You know the the page the page count in these paid paperbacks can be more flexible. If the lead story is you know 58 pages long, that's what it is. If it's 78 pages long, if it's 83 pages long, whatever the 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 lead story, the adventure uh, room requirement feels to me to be, I can accommodate that, and then I I, I um fill out the volume by putting in one or two backup stories that you know flesh out some of the uh, some of the background characters and uh, more of mercy's you know e- emotional goings on that we didn't have time or space to cover in the lead feature mm-hmm. um it just enriches the world and and i really like some of those little uh almost like little detours you know the the, the little um extra stories that that aren't the big monumental you know high action adventure that the lead feature always wants to be um but i can take a little bit more time and let the stories breathe a little bit more and have them be a little bit more about characters and relationships that just enrich the whole the whole um universe uh at least from my perspective i, I really i mean i love telling those rip snort and action adventures you know explosions and races and desperate straits and all that cool stuff you know um but then i'm also really enjoying the the sort of the little, the more, the more little uh, low keyed or you know, the stakes aren't as high in those backend stories mm-hmm. usually, um, and they can have a little bit more humor and all that sort of stuff. So, so that the the, the flexibility that the graphic novel um, format gives me is something I really I really been leaning hard into since I made the switch to doing these books on Kickstarters. Well, it's just great. I mean, I enjoy them all the time. I love to sit and read them. I agree with you. I like the variety of the two different kinds of stories in a book. Thanks, so yeah. Super good. I really like that. Now, the the way that this one is described on, on here, you said it's a 112-page graphic novel thriller of deep space deception, sabotage, and betrayal featuring sci-fi bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair. And so, so how would you fill that out? I mean, what, what else should people know about this, this particular graphic novel? Uh, well, if if you're the first thing I want to say is if you're if you're new to Trekker, um, this story works as a standalone story. Uh, each of these books 
it's very important to me that each one does that. Um, the characters, if you've never met them before, I try to make each each book work where the characters are introduced to you. You sort of know the score. <laughs> you sort of know more or less who you want to be pulling for or whatever. Uh, and then it establishes the premise of the story. You have, you know, the, the beginning, the middle and the resolution of, of, of that adventure complete in that volume. Uh, and w- when you put all the stories together, it uh, just sort of tracks the, the wider canvas of Mercy's life, uh, her personal individual development and evolution as a human being from as that changes and evolves over the stories. And it also broadens and deepens the overall world, the, the stage that the stories play out on. That's expanding as the stories go on. So that's a quick overview. Then specifically in this in this book, what's happening is Mercy's been on uh, this, this sort of personal quest to find out some answers about her past. And that has led her to this space station, Rigel, uh, which is um, the heart of this uh, resistance to the uh, the oppressive galactic ruling council. Um, Mercy doesn't have much interest in Rigel. She 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 thinks that they're naive and idealistic. Um, and she's much more pragmatic. Uh, if there's somebody I disagree with, I will just shoot them. <laughs> Would be, you know, but uh, you know, the world is obviously a lot more subtle, nuanced, and complex than that. And she's gradually having to grow up and learn to take, to accept that. Anyway, so she's come to Rigel with her own obje- uh, uh, her own agenda. But as soon as she and her small group of friends uh, that she has acquired over these adventures get to Rigel, that's when uh, things start to go bad. There's there's clearly been some sort of breach of security in this this highly secret deep space uh, uh, station. Uh, it's unheard of, but uh, there's 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 betrayal, there's sabotage going on, death threats and uh, narrow escapes. And uh, so the uh, the crux of the story is Mercy St. Clair has to try to save the lives of everyone on board the space station if she can uncover the identity of the traitor before the traitor can. Uh, uh, can bring about everybody's downfall by by calling in the dogs by by letting the the you know, ruthless council know the location of the secret base. So the idea is that um, with each character story, I try to have a sort of a different sort of tone to the story. Uh, the one before this, uh, it's Mercy's on this um, this sort of savage uh, uh, primitive moon uh, uh and she has to fight a tooth and claw death match mm-hmm. against uh, against a, a mutated monster <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's basically you know mercy versus the creature um like tarzan versus uh, you know a, <laughs> mm-hmm. a savage beast out in, in the african jungles or uh, arnold schwarzenegger going toe to toe against the <laughs> the predator so i wanted that sort of a savage just you know death match feel to that story this one is much more a sense of uh suspense and intrigue uh and, and tension um so I, I was really going for a different feel in the story where um the stakes are if anything higher i want that to sort of ratchet up with each of these stories mm-hmm. um but the, the the way the conflicts evolve and happen and the resolutions i want that to really change from one story to the next i don't want it to ever feel like well we've just changed a couple of faces but it's really pretty much like it was a couple of issues ago that's that same story i i try to put mercy through her different paces with each story which you know allows the reader to have a different journey each time out and frankly just makes it a lot more fun and engaging for me if i don't feel like i'm 
you know, going over familiar ground uh, again. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of a long answer to, to your question, maybe. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> that's good because, that. you know, I don't want to read the same story again. Yeah. I've read those stories and, you know, especially I've read some of these a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I like to see something different happening. So I'm all excited about it. Of course, you, you've immediately made me wonder, are these two stories related somehow? And I don't know if I want to know the answer to that before I read the book. <laughs> oh, you mean the, the previous one and this one? No, um, no I mean the, the, the her personal thing and what's going on at the station. Are they intertwined somehow? And I don't right, know if I want right. to know that. Yeah, we probably just leave that one, leave that as a question to be answered as you okay. read the story. Okay, I, I, you know, one thing's when I'm building the when I'm building the campaign, and then when I'm running the campaign, like right now, um, I'm I'm um, in, in the first the first days of the campaign. Mm-hmm. So I anticipate I have the better part of a month ahead of me where I will be trying on Facebook and Twitter um, to be talking about this campaign a lot, mm-hmm. trying to give readers a little bit more of an idea about what's going or not readers, but uh, just people that. <laughs> stumble upon one of my posts mm-hmm. um some little glimpse of what's going on in the story mm-hmm. and i'm always torn between not wanting to give any spoilers not wanting to tell too much mm-hmm. but wanting to you know wanting to give some sort of a juicy little tidbit that will excite them enough or intrigue them enough mm-hmm. that they'll want to check out the campaign mm-hmm. i i think it's sort of like the dilemma that they have with um hollywood movies where they make the movie trailer and uh, i mean you i'm sure you've you've had the comp- complaint yourself that sometimes you'll see a movie trailer and, and then they'll say well i don't need to watch the movie because i just saw all the good yeah. stuff right here in that trailer oh. i know what the entire story is how, oh. how, it, how, how it starts and how it's going to end and so I, <laughs> yeah I, I could tell you one there was i was watching i was getting ready for batman mask of the phantasm uh, animated mm-hmm. movie and hbo had a special and in the process of doing the special about the movie they showed the phantasm hanging from something with her mask off. <laughs> and I went, oh, I know yeah. the movie now. Oh, no. Oh, I feel so bad about that. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, so um, like on this campaign, the, um, the identity of the traitor is a big thing. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a big reveal. So I, I have to be careful that in any of the images, and then once that, once that, that identity has revealed mm-hmm. a lot of important and interesting uh, and I think pretty dramatic stuff happens mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of uh, as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And I can't show any of that in <laughs> no. in the way that I've, you know, built the campaign that I'm going to talk about. Um, so in a way, it's like a fighter. You get one hand tied behind your back is some of my best images and the, the coolest, most dramatic stuff. I don't want to show or talk about that. stuff. Mm-hmm. it might get more people to buy, back the campaign, mm-hmm. But but I guess I'd say I'm more of a storyteller than I am a marketing executive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want people to get the book and read it and um, have have a general idea about the kind of story they're going to read. But I don't want any of the story beats to be to be um, to be spilt before then. So it's uh, it's an intriguing set of challenges for me. Because oh, <laughs> to this day, it, it has diminished my enjoyment of Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, yeah, Every, yeah. Everybody else goes, oh, it was such a great movie. It's one of the best movies ever. And I went, I knew the ending before I saw it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, that's that's a, ter- that's a terrible disservice to the storyteller. <laughs> yes. Oh, to the, to the, re- the viewer, mm-hmm. the reader, mm-hmm. too, because you just don't want that. I, I, I beg no. of you, don't do that. <laughs> Because <laughs> right. I oh to this day I still am as you can tell I'm still sore about 
that. So yes. Yeah. Very bad. Anyway, we, we won't have to worry about that. So, um, <laughs> so it's 112 pages, and as you point out in the in the Kickstarter page, you've got these all done already. Yeah. Um, that's uh, all. All the uh, the the entire reckoning on Rigel's story. That that entire story is is done. So what what I haven't got done yet is the um some of the extra features that that uh, that I can't work on until the campaign is over because I'm not sure how many of those there will be. Uh, one thing I do in the backup story is um, one of the reward levels on the campaign is you can pledge at a high level and uh, I will draw you into the story and send you a p- the, the piece of original art that you appear on. Um, and so obviously that's a story that I can't do until the campaign has ended and I find out who I'm going to be drawn. So, um, so there's that short story. And then, uh, the, um, so I call it, I say it's 112 or more page graphic novels. I usually refer to it myself anyway, because some of the, a couple of the stretch goals are to add extra content to the book, mm-hmm. which we've already hit those stretch goals. So there's going to be a section in the back of the book. That's sort of like, uh, the making of, you know, the people can, I will, I will share some of the, the thumbnail sketches for the page designs, the pencil pages, the, the process posts for making the page, mm-hmm. and also some of the um, just the character design sheets and that sort of stuff. Uh, um, and then there's also going to be a little um, a little section of some of my favorite recent commissions of Trekker and the characters from the from the series that I've done for you know individual um, uh, individual backers uh, or people I meet at conventions that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's some nice extra feature content. So it, it's all going to pad out to be. You know, at least 112. It may may get to 120 or so pages. Cool. And one of the things I noticed too is this already gone? Uh, there was a limit, only three available. Looks like it's not no longer available. That your name, or, or that of your your best friend or worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. So I have a few of those sort of a you know premium levels or whatever. And that one was one that uh, I started doing a couple of campaigns ago. And boy, oh boy, that is, thing is so popular. I start off with, uh, with actually, there are five, I, I say five slots where if you back the campaign at this level, then, uh, I will, I will drop your name into the story. It'll, it'll be the name of some character that's referred to, or maybe, uh, a sign on a building or, uh, on the sign of a spaceship or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'll find some way to work your name somewhere into the story, either into the art or to the copy, depending on what the story, you know, seems like it can, can hold. So I, I put that level in, and before the first day was done, all five of those slots were gone. Wow. And, and a couple of backers were just wrote to me personally, privately and, and just said, oh, the, you know, congratulations, the campaign's doing well, but I'm really disappointed. I was really hoping to get one of those levels. Mm-hmm. So I thought about it, and I thought, oh, I wonder. So I, I, I thought, well, I think I can maybe accommodate maybe three more slots of mm-hmm. that. So I put down a, I put out a, uh, a round two for that name dropper sort of level, and those were gone like instantly. Also, so it's a very, very, it's a very, very popular thing to do. So, um, yeah. And there's another level of this campaign which I think is really fun. People are ma- there's a, a theater group that is making an audio drama of Trekker stories. I saw uh, that. Yeah, I saw and, that's uh, so interesting. I was th- I was thrilled. They they they, they approached me. They've already done. They had already done uh, some. They, what they what they started off doing was taking some old, like from the 1940s and 50s, really old sort of corny 
comic stories that were now in the public domain. So, you know, gangster stories, pirate stories or whatever. And just for fun, they would just do, you know, they would turn those stories into, you know, audio dramas like old time radio shows. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, um, they, they got a hold of Terry Moore, who did the, that, that absolutely classic uh, Strangers in Paradise mm -hmm. comic series, mm -hmm. um, groundbreaking, groundbreaking work back in its time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have been adapting that too. And I was listening to some of those episodes, and especially the Strangers in Paradise stuff. I said, "This is just wonderful. It's it's mm -hmm. it's delightful. It captures the spirit and the flavor of, of Terry's work, and the uh, mm -hmm. the voice actors are doing a terrific job. It's great sound effect. The good it's good good production qualities. And then they they said they they thought Trekker would lend itself well to that format because so many of the stories have a lot of you know that sort of film noir." narration by Mercy St. Clair and some of the other characters. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they started to adapt these stories. And I've heard the first couple of episodes uh, now. Uh, they just released the second episode today, and I listened to it right away, of course. And it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. The actress that plays uh, Mercy St. Clair just just does it. She, she just, her interpretation of character is so good. It's It's got a certain amount of that, you know, that, that self-contained... Uh, you know, <laughs> a hard-boiled sort of feel to it, mm -hmm. but still a, a sense of wit and cleverness, and, and we know that there's depths to that character yet to be explored, which is just what the character is, you know. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so they they um, they said, hey, Ron, what we could do, this might be fun for you on your next campaign, uh, we could have a few backers that could have cameo roles on, on an upcoming Trekker uh, uh, radio drama mm -hmm. or audio drama. So, um, so I've made some slots available for that. Half of those are gone now, but there's, uh, there's a few slots of that left for people that want to, uh, want to become a radio star. <laughs> <laughs> of course, my biggest problem is pronouncing the name of the group. Uh, Okadekagonagon. Uh, I've, I've heard them say it enough now that I think I've got it down. It's okay. Okadekagonagon. Okay. And I, 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 I don't know much beyond that. That is how it's pronounced. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> they're, they're wonderful guys, yeah, guys and women. It's a mixed uh, mixed crew, uh, really talented and very uh, very enthusiastic. I was hoping you could pronounce that because I, I tried several <laughs> times and I'm just convinced. I, I I don't think I can get that one. I'm, I'm not good at pronunciation <laughs> of things, so that, that's great. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's good. But yeah, three to go. If people want to still get, okay, hopefully they might be gone by the time this post. But hmm. uh, man, I just think that uh, that's a great thing because uh, of course this makes me wonder about animated uh, shows in the future for Mercy. I just have to. Well, you know, people keep talking about you know, animated show or Netflix series or motion picture. And all those things I'd be completely open to, to exploring. Mm -hmm. um, I just haven't been approached by the people with the, uh, with the resources to make that sort of thing happen. And mm -hmm. it's certainly, <laughs> that's certainly a call that I can't make. I wish I could. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, maybe somebody will. That would be lovely to see happen. Yeah, yeah, I would love that to happen. So, uh, okay, so this book is, you've got the art all done with this. And mm -hmm. as as you've said, you've got many more stories you want to tell. Uh, how are you on the next story? Have you is the campaign keeping you busy right now, or when you get a free moment, do you just kind of think about what you want to do next? Um, yeah, be, before this campaign launched, I'd, I've written I'd already written the outline for the next the next story, the next mm -hmm. uh, big story. Mm -hmm. um, so I've still got to you know turn that into a script mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, then do all the art for it. Um, and I will probably try to get a little bit of that 
uh, I'll try to bump that process along a little bit during this campaign. But honestly, the way I run these campaigns, um, it's it's not completely, but it's nearly an all-consuming <laughs> task. I'm spending so much of my time trying to think about how can I engage with the, the backers? How can I reach out to more people to try to find the series? Because because um, that's what it's all about for me is sharing the stories as widely as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really it's a weird sort of compartmentalization where I when I'm running the campaigns, it's like that's that's my job. I'm the the marketing department, whatever you know. Uh, and then when the campaign is over and I, I've got it fulfilled, then I'm the guy that's writing and drawing the stories um and it, it's it's hard for me to switch those gears when i'm in the middle of one mm. process or the other um of, of necessity i have to do a certain amount of that when i'm running the campaign from time to time and stuff but um but as much as possible i try to really keep the, it's just a complete it feels like it's a completely different set of muscles to me to do mm-hmm. but i do want the next book to come out you know in a pretty timely fashion after this one that's mm-hmm. the whole reason i'm doing them on kickstarters is this is the way that between myself and the reader we control the 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 rate and the, the you know the the schedule that these books come out at mm-hmm. and right now i think i've got a rhythm that i think serves the series well uh it, it seems to work well for the readers and it's pretty close to sustainable for me it, it's it gets tight sometimes for sure mm-hmm. but um so that it is important for me that uh, that uh, that the next story gets queued up and ready to go as quickly as possible so so i'm uh you know i'm uh, and and i'm every t- every time it's, i think it's like a musician that's going into the studio to make a record they're always mm-hmm. the most excited about the record they're just about to make mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true so uh so i feel very that way. i'm very, very excited about Rigel because i i can't you know, I, I just I'm I'm happy with the way this story turned out. I think it stretched me in some new new directions as a writer and as an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I want the readers to see that and I hope they'll respond to it well. Mm-hmm. And then I'm always I'm always uh, eager to, to, to take the next step in Mercy's journey. The next story will you know will will move the story farther down the path towards the, the, the grand gradual, you know, resolution to the entire series. And uh, part of me is um, is excited to get there. But another big part of me is is happy to be taking my time and enjoying every step along the way. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, some people get so mad at me because I don't do this soon enough. But we need to say when this is going to end. This ends on Thursday, August five at ten yeah. p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Did I say that right? I don't remember if I said it already. But we need to make sure that people know that because that's a that's a, an important uh, bit of information for people to know. And don't wait until that time to to get in there. Do it now. Yeah, actually, I mean, if you don't mind, I'm just going to underscore that. The, frankly, the sooner people back the campaign, that, that that does me good in two ways. One, it's really, really good for my blood pressure. <laughs> if you back it now, then I know that I know you're going to be there. And again, it also it just it just looks it just it just serves the Kickstarter that I'm running. It serves the campaign better. The more support that there is, the more inclined more people are. To pledge, so the sooner that the support comes in, the the more good it's going to do for the ser- for, for the for the campaign overall. So, yes, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, hmm, maybe I should check that out, I please do it right away. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's Trekker Reckoning on Rigel mm-hmm. is the way to get it. So you want to make sure you get to that because uh, well, but it's I mean, what I, when I run the campaigns, every campaign you can find by just typing uh, trekkerkickstarter.com. So it's one word, trekkerkickstarter.com. Uh, 
and that will always take you to whichever campaign um, is up and running at the time. So uh, you can do that, or you can just go to Kickstarter and search for Trekker or for Ron Randall, and my stuff will come up that way. Yeah, Really good. It's nice the way you make it convenient for people. To do those things. Well, I just I know how I know how complicated life is, and so <laughs> whatever I can do to make it easy for people to remember it, to find it, uh, to support it. You know, I try to make the uh, the pledge levels pretty clear and easy to follow, and to make the process as, as smooth as I can for for both the readers and for me. Life's got plenty of frustrations in it. Uh, I'd, I'd like to have the Kickstarters be a pleasant experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, believe me, as we're talking, you're over 600 backers. Which yeah. is very good. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's excellent. And I, it's, you've done a great job of building these over time. So that's really super. Thanks. Yeah, I, I have been thrilled to see how the, uh, and, and gratified, uh, and in some ways maybe justified to <laughs> see that that has happened because when the books were coming out through Dark Horse, it was a much more sporadic, uh, uh, process where an issue would come out and then, Time would go by, and eventually Dark Horse would find time in their schedule to accommodate another Trekker book. And uh, it was nerve-wracking, because I, I never knew, I could never say to somebody when the next book was going to come out. Mm-hmm. Even if I had the story done, Dark Horse would have to find time to put it out. Because, mm-hmm. Trekker would, to be honest, Trekker was kind of a small fish in their big pond. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my thinking was, if, if I can get the stories to come out on a more regular, reliable, consistent, scheduled basis... Mm-hmm. then I can build the sort of audience and find the sort of audience that I think Trekker has the potential to really to really engage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be what's happening now. Mm-hmm. So the campaign, I mean, my first campaign I made, I, I got just over 600 backers on the whole campaign. Wow. And now we're like, what, are four or five days into this thing and I've already got 600 backers. So, wow. So, um, uh, so I, feel, I feel great about that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's also important to me that that, that so when I set my funding goal for the campaign, that's largely to cover the cost of printing the books and getting the books shipped to backers and stuff. It doesn't pay me for the months that I'm spending writing and drawing the stories, Right. Um, which is why it's really important for me that we hit, if it's at all possible, hit the funding goal and then work beyond that mm-hmm. so that I can afford to, I, I can afford to still eat. <laughs> so that's, and that's draw, right and, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. So, we, so, we, so we go for those stretch goals to make the book bigger and better, and then add extra bonuses like prints and bookmarks, and mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how far we go. Enamel pins is not off the table again, uh, that sort of stuff. But some of that stretch goal money is starting to pay me back for the time that I've spent making the books. Um, but uh, I didn't want to set the the initial funding goal too high. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it just it would be too hard on my heart to not know whether or not the book was going to fund at all. So um, I, I sort of play that middle ground, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is good. I mean, you know, that that's the, the the smart way to go about it. Get the get to what you need, and then you know, if it goes beyond that, all the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, all yeah. Much, so much better. So I've got to ask you because the the way that I first bumped into you was was at a convention. I think it was was it Awesome Con in DC. Yes, it was. That's right. Yeah, that's when I first met you, and I, I bought several of the books. I'd seen it, but of course, you know, you and I have talked before about how the name Trekker, at first I was like, hmm, is that Star Trek? What is that? Yeah. So was, I was puzzled. Was the, yeah, it was not the smartest marketing decision I ever made, but but there were reasons. That at the time when I came up with Trekker, 
Yeah. Uh, Star Trek was kind of a it was it was a it was a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't a dead property, but it was, it was a sleeping property. Yes. Um, and uh, I came up with Trekker. We got it launched right as they were announcing, you know, that they were bringing Star Trek back with the next generation. Yeah. And I said, well, that timing sucks for me, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But but by then I was just committed to the name and the series, and it worked for me. And I just thought, well, you know. And back then, you know, TV and movie shows and comic books weren't as tightly, you know, interwoven as they as they are now. That there's right. you know Marvel movies and DC movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought it was safe for them. It turns out that I was. So yeah. I can understand that the um, the the ambiguity there, and it's it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But you know. well, it's a good thing because you know I think you have over time developed this as your your own. I, don't, yeah. I think very few people actually confuse it with Star Trek anymore. It's just because I'm a long-time Star Trek guy <laughs> that I've done that. But to me, I think that it is now, you know, it is its own identity. And I think that is has a lot to do with how you have handled the, the franchise and the Kickstarters and, and, you know, going to conventions and stuff like you have and, you know, uh, gathering new fans all the time. Which I think is a, a very smart way to do this stuff, and I think that, I think honestly, the future of Trekker is really bright. I, I, I don't see the end in sight, to be frank. <laughs> I, I just think that you have so many good stories to tell, and every time I read one, I go, "That's different. I like that." <laughs> so I like well, that's, that. Th- that's great. I, I really appreciate hearing that, and uh, you know, I just uh, the, I, from the beginning, my my. My thinking was, I thought I had a pretty cool idea, and Mm -hmm. I said, I I didn't see books like that being made at the time, and I said, well, maybe that means it's not, you know, a a big commercial sort of book. Maybe I don't have what it takes in this story to make it a a big, big hit, you know, in sort of mass popularity way. Mm -hmm. But but I but I even then I said, well, if it's a book that can sort of slowly find and and gain and retain the loyal audience that I think would really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that because that felt like it'd be a better chance I could be in for the long haul. And it certainly has endured over, you know, decades now mm-hmm. uh, with readers that remember it fondly from the, the back in the day. And fortunately for me, it still seem to appreciate and enjoy the new stories, not because it's some sort of nostalgia kick, mm-hmm. but because it's I hope that it's still a living, breathing series that that feels like it's being done today. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, tr- I'm not trying to do, you know. I loved Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I mm-hmm. loved a lot of that old that old fashioned classic action adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I like to have some of the flavor f- from that in the Trekker stories. But I also mm-hmm. want Trekker to feel sort of fresh and contemporary uh, in its own in, in its own way too. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that people seem to be, be responding to it. Well, I have to tell you, as where you are right now, like about six hours in, you you meet your goal. That's mm-hmm. that's that's I think a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> it feels it feels very good. I, like I said, just uh, it was so thrilled to see the that 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 first rush of response. It's been great. And I know you're busy with the the Kickstarter going on right now. And I talked about Awesome Con. Are you thinking about getting back into the con circuit after the Kickstarter's done? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, the only one I have lined up for the rest of 2021 is uh, the local show here in Portland, Oregon, uh, the Rose City mm. Comic Convention. Mm. Um, there, there's a couple others that are happening in this fall, winter that uh, that I might be going to. I've I've reached out to the convention uh, planners, but I haven't heard back yet. So um, I'll, I have my fingers crossed. But I realize this year is just a very a very odd one where. 
mm-hmm. where a lot of people's plans have been sort of been last minute. There's a lot of things that are still moving and questions that haven't completely been resolved. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I'm not sure if, if this year is going to have a lot of convention activity for me. But if not, then it's certainly by next year. I, I do hope to be making some appearances on some of the East Coast shows and elsewhere in the country too. Um, I, I, um, I've, I've liked in some ways being able to just stay here in, at Trekker HQ mm-hmm. <laughs> and just focus on producing the books and preparing the campaign and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I really do miss going out there and being able to interact with, with Trekker's readers and hopefully make some new readers reconnect with you know friends and colleagues from the industry mm-hmm. uh, that I often only see once once a year at, at a convention and stuff so I uh, being on the road uh, it cuts into my schedule and it can be sort of exhausting in some ways but it's an absolute delight and it's very energizing in, in much more important ways so <laughs> I can't wait to get back to the shows well that's as I always tell people you know when you're an artist or you're a creator and you do things you know by yourself when you can get out there and you actually get feedback you know, mm-hmm. that re-energizes you to go back home and actually get back to being behind the desk and writing and drawing and, and all that stuff. So that's, that's a good thing. I yeah. meant to ask you, I think I saw you at Heroes Con. Was it Heroes mm-hmm. Con? Where I ran, I saw your, you have a fan club, a Trekker fan club that I met <laughs> several of the people from. And, you know, I, I tried to sign up for their stuff and I'm not quite sure I, I, I accomplished that. But how are they doing these days? Um, they're doing well. Not exactly fan club, but they're, it's uh, it's a couple, Darren and Ruth uh, Sutherland, and they they have a a podcast called Trekker Talk, ah. and uh, so they're sort of like this nexus of uh, they're or they're they're members of a a large and robust sort of podcasting community that often cross paths at different conventions and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, appear on each other's shows and and you know recommend each other's shows and, and stuff like that. So um, it's it's quite a quite a, um, a a wonderful and vibrant little community of people that are just wonderfully supportive of of some some creators and they they tend to you know um, they they support and, and talk about some mainstream comics, but a lot of their effort goes into supporting you know independent creators like myself. So I'm very grateful for that level of support. Um, and we, you know, we're we're in touch. Uh, they, you know, they they have me on their podcast from time to time, and uh, they they're really good at helping to connect me with some other people in the podcast community and stuff like that. So they're doing well, and uh, I know that they're planning on coming all the way out here to to Portland for the uh, the convention this this fall. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. Cool. Well, that's good yeah. to hear. I'm glad for that because yeah. I, I forgot the name of it, so I have to. I wrote that down. Trekker talk. I have to make sure yep. I get in there and support that because uh, us podcasters have to stick together. Absolutely. To I, mean, good I think the podcasters is very much like the people, the the, the creators on Kickstarter. There's mm-hmm. a lot of I've I've met, and when I say met, sometimes that's just through messaging through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Several creators that are running uh, running campaigns that that I really admire. Mm-hmm. Um, and creators who I think are just really good storytellers, really passionate about these stories, which you know just might not fit in at, at a you know within the, the publishing profile of you know DC or Marvel or whatever, mm-hmm. but they're wonderful stories mm-hmm. uh, and and told with with incredible craft uh, as well as passion, and um, and those sort of uh, uh, creators are people that. You know, I, I I feel a personal sense of I feel like they're my brothers and sisters, <laughs> and I want their their books to succeed because I love what they do, and they mm-hmm. they they tend to be wonderful, 
and generous creators too. Mm-hmm. So we we have a pretty good mutually supportive uh, because we all we all also know how very very hard and challenging this job is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we we tend to be good about trying to give each other a boost when we can. That's been a delightful thing to discover. Uh, I hadn't known that that existed before I started this, but it's uh, it's it's been just uh, it's been just wonderful. Well, the good news is, is for us, those of us who enjoy Trekker, that, that you are still going strong, and it looks like it's <laughs> going to go strong for a long time to come, which is going to be great. As long as you want to tell Trekker stories, I think that a lot of us are out here just ready for the next one. That's, uh, that's, that's great. Be great stuff to do. <laughs> and again, it's Trekker Reckoning on Rigel, and uh, over 600 backers so far. That's going to conclude. Uh, we know you've already passed the $25,000 goal, uh, and mm-hmm. it's going to conclude on Thursday, August 5 at 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So don't wait. Uh, let Ron have some better blood pressure and get in there and, and, and help him make more Trekker as easily as possible. So get on there and support that. And I I have to tell you, I there was a, a company I was, was backing and I, I backed their stuff and I started to notice that they were going up and up and up and up. And they were at like about ninety thousand all of a sudden, and I thought mm. he had like a stretch goal at a hundred thousand. The guy from the company, <laughs> and I started to watch. I started to say, "Are they actually going to make that?" And you know, w- within the last hour, they actually crossed over the hundred thousand thing, <laughs> and I got a huge kick. I wanted to see what the guy who was running it did. He said he actually passed out on the floor when he saw that they <laughs> passed that. <laughs> so I could kind of resent, you know, go to that. What, which makes me want to ask real quickly: What's the most you've made in a in a Kickstarter so far? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, the one before this made uh, about sixty three thousand dollars with what it brought in. Um, and you know, I mean, I can I can hasten to to do what any <laughs> creator could do and says, and take off exactly how much that goes to printing and to mm-hmm. shipping and you know to manufacturing the the extra goodies for the book and, and and so how you know where that money goes it, it sounds like a pretty grandiose sum of money mm-hmm. and it is i mean there's no question about it but it isn't that it's uh that's not just uh i'm not sitting out here eating caviar and drinking champagne <laughs> uh, a lot of that money is already spoken for but yeah. but it's better to have it than not i'll, I'll say that well, so. well let me let me say that people who don't understand the industry probably <laughs> think that's a lot of money people who understand <laughs> the industry think wow that's Good thing you got that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a exactly. that's a good thing to happen because you need to, you know, like you say, if you're going to devote yourself to making a, a great book like this one is, you've got to be able to have support, and that's the thing that we have to do is is get in there and really make things happen for you, so you can keep doing it because that's this is one of those great great books that uh, I just can't wait for. I hope to read for for many years to come. I really do because it's such a great great story. Thanks so much. I'll do my best to keep them coming. (laughs) Okay, maybe what we'll do is we'll stop right there. How about? Okay, now this is going to end, as we said, August the 5th, so I've got to make sure it comes out before that. I'm going to look at my calendar here. Uh, So it's going to have to be on the 31st. Okay. Let me make sure it comes out on the 31st, if if not before that. If mm-hmm. I can before, I'll do it before that. But uh, it's just going to depend on how I how I sound <laughs> at right. that point. I'm sound sure. like, if I sound like Donald Duck, I'm probably not going to do a lot of uh, other, <laughs> other things, but we'll see. So, okay. Well, Ron, let me let you get back to reality here. And okay. I, I appreciate getting to talk with you. I, I It's so funny. The last couple of days I've gotten all these people wanting to do 
uh, <laughs> interviews, and I'm kind of like, I got to do it now. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't, if I wait till Monday, I, I won't sound. It'll be like a Disney podcast, is what it'll sound like. And I don't want <laughs> to do that. So. Well, I appreciate you being able to, you know, sort of slip in, sort of last minute like this. And I, you know, I, as I say, I, I should have. I should have been preparing these things, you know, preparing for this sort of stuff earlier. But frankly, you know, getting the book done yeah. and the campaign built by the time I wanted to launch it was it took took all my time. That's another 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 thing about the financial realities of Kickstarter is, is the campaign ends, and shortly after that, you get you know I get this huge dump of money into my bank account, mm-hmm. uh, and it's nice to have it in there. Mm-hmm. But then if if I if I don't you know get to have the book made and shipped out to the backers and thus be able to expense, you know, write off for tax purposes, mm-hmm. a lot of that money, then I have a, a much bigger tax sting. Mm. So, um, I said, if I start this book any later than July, there's a good chance that I'm going to, you know, really get hammered with taxes. So mm. it's just, a, it's a foolish or whatever. It's a, it's an unpleasant financial reality, but mm-hmm. that gave me a pretty hard deadline for when I had to have everything done by. So I was kind of, Push, pressing myself to get that done. So we'll I, didn't, I didn't push you on it. Well, when do you think the next one's going to be? Early next year? Yeah, yeah. The next okay. one uh, is planned to be out. If uh, at first I was hoping to do it in January, but I just I don't think that's realistic. It's going to be probably a couple months after that. Okay. But I'll, uh, I'll you know be a. I'll be uh, trying to talk about talk it up as much as I can. Before it'll it'll be worth the wait, I'm sure, because uh, <laughs> great fun to read. Like I say, every once in a while, I pull them out. I'm in the mood for that. I pull out the books and start reading through them again. Oh, that's great! And I enjoy them because they're so much fun to read. Because you know, after a while, I redo a lot of reading, and so mm-hmm. for me to go back and refresh my memory on that, oh yeah, I remember that part. That was a great part. <laughs> you know, kind of stuff. So it's really great. So that's great. I'm glad that they work. For, I'm glad that they work. That readers can. Can can go back to them and continue to you know find them rewarding for reading. That's a that's a great that's a great thing. that's a great thing to hear. I discovered little things that I didn't notice before, which is mm. a, a sign of uh, something that's really great to me. Is when I go back and say, oh, I didn't notice that. That meant this down the road, and so yeah. I always like that. That that's always a great bit of writing to, that I enjoy. Thanks. Well, me, me too. And I, I it's it's one of the nice things about um uh, Oops, about. Just- uh, you just got a new backer. Uh, I six did oh six. Get a backer. Hey, six nice. oh six. Uh, I, you know, sometimes I, when I'm interviewing, I'll, I'll look at it, and all of a sudden I say, "Whoops, you just got a backer," and you go, "Oh." The bad news is I don't do it live, so it doesn't really help. But right, it does, yeah. On some levels, it does help that you're getting another backer. You know, kind yeah. of stuff. Well, I mean, it's, 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 uh, people do. You know, people that they oh, that means that I could do it too if they know yeah. somebody. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Great. And I maybe lose my train of thought, but that, that oh. doesn't matter. We're, we're we're pretty done with that. We we, we had a yeah. good conversation. I, I should oh, let you so get... yeah, so yeah. If you can just give me a heads up, then whenever it is going to go yeah. live, and I'll yeah. make sure to to spread the word around as well. I'll and, do that. Uh, I'll get that as so, soon as I know when it's going to be. It's probably no later than the thirty first. If I can okay. do it before that, I will, because I want sure. to get it out to help as much as you know. Get sooner I can get it out, the the more likely you are to get more backers. So I'm going to try right. to get it out there as soon as I can. But so. whatever works for you is fine. But uh, obviously, sooner sooner is great. But uh, even if it's the thirty first, then uh, that's still right in time for that 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 last week when, mm. like you were just saying, mm. that happens. Most campaigns, what happens is. There's a, a big, you know, rush at, right out of the gate, mm-hmm. and then you hit the the slow zone. <laughs> Most of your campaign, you're slogging through the slow zone, mm-hmm. but then the last one to three days, things mm-hmm. can just ramp up again. Yep. And some of that's because Kickstarter 
tends to spotlight campaigns when they first yeah. launch and when they come to the end. Mm-hmm. But um, so if if, uh, if you're um, if you're if it's out there before that last or as that last week is hitting, that's that's not mm-hmm. the worst thing in the world either. But okay. yeah, whenever whenever it works for you and man, best of luck. That's a that's a heck of an adventure. Uh, to yeah. Not looking forward to that, I'm sure. No, but, you know, sorry to say, but you know what? I'll, I'll get through it, and I'll look better. Uh, my teeth are a little uh, Bugs Bunny-ish right now. Mm. I've got two teeth in the beginning, and there's blank spaces, and so this is when I get the the, the, the dentures, I think it'll look better. So uh, yeah. I look forward to that. The bad news is I'm going to be at AwesomeCon trying to sell stuff. That's going to be the hard part. Oh golly! Yeah, yeah well, you, you, the people just have to. People have to make allowances. What can you say, right? <laughs> yeah, and I just hope they're sympathetic. That's all. You know, I'm sure they will be. Sure help this poor Tari guy trying to sell with a funny voice. Kind of stuff. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I'm not going to be at Awesome Con this year, but uh, hopefully by uh, again by next year, hopefully uh, things will start to you know feel much more. Normal. I'm going to, I'm going to New York. Thing. I'm going to New York as well, and, and oh wow, I got turned down oddly enough for a press pass in New York. But uh, I'm <laughs> going with people, so I'm going to be I'm going to be knee deep in helping other people anyway. So I really didn't need the press pass, but I kind of like to have it just for the sure. Well, it's better but, to have it, and that way, if, if it ever comes in handy, you've got it. So yeah, that's the truth. So anyway, okay. Well, great talking with you as always, Ron. And I you can't too, wait for this to get out there and for people to hear it. So it's going to be fun. Thanks very much. I really, really appreciate you uh, slipping me in like this. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News. Interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics. Hey.